There's no better way to start the new year than to look back on the old year and say, R.I.P. Betty White. Oh, literally, it makes me cry. It's so sad. They're sad for two reasons. A, because she was one of the good ones. Right. Clearly one of the good ones. Sad because she was 99. She needed less than three weeks to get to 100. That makes me crazy when that happens. Crazy. And also, like people had started saying happy birthday to her. Yep. Ryan Reynolds had just, you know, they have a thing. And he had just sent her a thing saying like, you know, I know you're thinking of me. Do you know what I mean? I know like, I mean, it's just so sad that she didn't get there. Like make it through the new year. Yep. I just, it's heartbreaking to me. I I love her. It's totally irrational that we would think about somebody passing away and being like, couldn't you have just held on for like three more weeks so we could have felt better about your age, even though we have no earthly idea who you are. It's still early on. We don't have cause of death besides she was 99. 99. Right. But so here are some, some great benchmarks from the career that was Betty White. And please add your 10 cents along the way, because a lot of this is relevant to when you were growing up. Right. Right. Granted her first role was back in 1950. In the game show, what's my line? So the first thing I remember her in. Hold on. Okay. Do you remember what's my line? I do remember what's my line. What year did it? What year did what's my line start? Well, she was in in 1950. So before yeah, you. Yeah. Then she would go on um, to participate in to tell the truth. Yeah. What's that? Oh, uh, you you ask questions mm-hmm. and. Um, and Oh, I know what it is. They have have three people lined up. Right. And then the celebrity panel asks all of them questions to find out who the real like pilot is or who the real nurse is or something like that. One of them one of them is telling the truth and the other two are lying. And then uh, match game, which my favorite game in the world is match game. Everybody just drunk on set. Yeah. Uh, Pyramid is that not Betty. No, clearly never Betty. Um, Pyramid. Oh, she played Pyramid for sure. Oh, it was Pyramid's like the $10,000 Pyramid? Well, I you know Pyramid started out like $25,000 Pyramid. Mm-hmm. Then it went to $50,000 Pyramid. I think it was like $100,000 Pyramid. And I think like maybe there was a million dollar Pyramid. I'm not sure. But the values changed. And then Password. Password. Okay, I'm thinking of a, I'm thinking of a word in my head. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking of a word in my head. It's a thing. And I'm going to give you one word clues. Okay. okay? February. Valentine's Day. Month. January. Dates. <laughs> 14th. Which now, month? you're supposed to remember everything that I'm giving as a hint, too, okay? <laughs> I'm remembering okay. everything. 12. Second. Second month. I don't know. Think about the hints I gave you. Okay. What what hints did I give you? You said February. Yeah. You said months. Yep. You said dates. Yeah. You said 12. Right. And 12. 12. 12 months. 12 dates. It's a thing. It's a calendar. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I, you know, I bet Betty White did a lot better on Password than our, a mother and son combo just but did. I think, look this up. I think Alan Ludden was his name. Alan Ludden? I think he was the guy on Password, and I think Betty was married to him. Alan Ludden. How do you think you spell his last name? I think name? it's L-U-N-D-E-N, London, London, London? Or L-U-D-E-N. Alan Ludden, two Ludden. Ds. Yeah. Uh, no. 
Oh yeah, Betty White, 1963 to 1981. And I think he died. I mean, I think that's why they weren't married anymore. He died in 1981. Yeah, so there you would you go. be correct. So anyway, so she did. So that was her husband. He was the host, while she would be a contestant on it. On password? Yeah. I'll bet they were better at password than we were. Oh, she was good at password. I bet she was great at all these games because then she parlays all of these early game shows mm-hmm. into what her big break would be, which was the Carol Burnett show. What actually was the Carol Burnett show? So the Carol Burnett show was a variety show, which was like sometimes Carol or the people on the Carol Burnett show really just talking to the audience because I think it was a live audience. Okay. okay? So which means they were also talking to us at home. You know, yep. like looking straight into the camera. And then there were skits, lots of skits. Okay. And then there were, I mean, like there were little musical things and stuff too. Like there could have been some singing and dancing. And they had like their troupe, which probably would have been Tim What's-His-Face. You know who I mean? Conway. Harvey What's-His-Face. Conway. No. You know Harvey the Tall Guy? Yeah, I do. Weinstein. Okay. <laughs> That's not Oh, got it. But, and then the woman that kind of looks like Carol Burnett, but isn't her. You oh, know? yeah. That was always weird. Yeah, that was always weird. But, um, but then they would have... You know, like Dean Martin could be there this week. Like the guest host? Yeah, like the guest person. Okay. You know, and so Dean Martin can sing and dance, you know, so there could be singing and dancing. But it was truly a variety show. I don't remember her. I mean, you might be able to pull something up where I would see it and go, oh, I remember that. From that show? Yeah, my thing where I really remember her from. Was it when she followed that up by being on the Mary Tyler Moore show? That's it. She was the weather girl. She was there for yeah. 45 episodes yeah. for the Mary Tyler Moore show. And then... Wasn't she the weather girl? I have no idea. I've never seen an ounce of that sh- that show before. I think she was the weather girl. And then she followed that up by being a television icon as Rose Nyland in Coral Gables, Florida in 1985 with the Golden Girls. The best. Thank you for being a friend. After that, Like, Betty White never had, like, she was never it. Like, she was never the it person, right? Because even to, even when she played Rose Nyland, she was kind of second fiddle to To B. Arthur. Mm -hmm. And then as it progressed, because I think it only ran for like seven years, so it was the early 90s. But think about, A, just how long she'd been in show business at that point. That was over 40 years when the Golden Girls ended. And she was still relevant up until about a year ago. Well, she, you know, like if you think about places that you would see her just show up, like that's, I don't remember the name of it, but that Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds film. Oh, yes. They I ended know. up in Alaska. Do you yeah. mean like she was his boss or something? Yeah. But I think she was, she was the snarky, funny grandma, right? On that. Mm-hmm. She would just the show. proposal. Yeah. She would show up in like these just funny character roles. And some of them weren't, didn't seem like her. I mean, like she, as she got older, was Funny. I mean, funny being like a little snarky and a little, I'm going to say a little off color sometimes, which was super fun. Which is why it was great because right. you have this like beautiful, fairly, it seems like she would be religious, kind of mm-hmm. like every grandma. And then when she can deliver like a, a quick sarcastic barb, you're like, yeah. that makes it infinitely better. Because the remainder of her career was just like bit roles on like that 70s show. She would do voiceovers for like SpongeBob SquarePants or Family Guy. She she never had like a full-fledged vehicle, but people just adored she her. She was everywhere though. I mean, like 
remember when she finally made it to SNL? That was oh, yeah. like so fabulous. But she just would show up. I mean, I felt like she was constantly working. But do you know what she's really into? And I do do think this speaks to her character too, like animal advocacy, like oh, no cool. other. Like she does have the sweetest heart ever. I mean, seriously. I just like, oh, Betty, it should have been 100. It should have been 100. I was worried because Joe Madden died. Yeah. Then um, Harry Reid, yep. the longtime Nevada senator, died. Yep. And it comes in threes. It does. It always comes in threes. And nobody of note had passed away. And then on New Year's Eve, we're all just kind of going about our business. And the Twitter sphere blows up because Betty White's passed away. The only problem is there have been so many Betty White's dead hoaxes before. I don't think anybody actually took it serious for like the first hour or two because we were all waiting for like the redaction or the the goodwill message from yeah. Betty White herself. And then it finally sat in that like, oh, oh. dang, man, shoot, yeah. she actually passed away. No, because people, other celebrities have been wishing, like you've seen things on Instagram and TikTok where they've started wishing her happy birthday, you know, because it's coming. It's really weird that everybody's trying to get three weeks ahead of her I birthday. Know, but Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds just did a thing. It was super cute together. That probably doesn't age well now that she's passed away. Mm-hmm. That's why you, I, when, so, when, or, when, so, when somebody's like saying, over the age of 85, you just wait till the actual day to A, make sure they're alive and B, to make sure that you're wishing them somebody who's like appropriately, not comatose, but like aware <laughs> of your birthday wishes. Or Ryan Reynolds is having a little slip of, a sip of gin, yeah. toasting Betty, and what he's saying is, I'm glad I sent my birthday wish early. Hopefully she saw it. And hopefully she saw and it. And hopefully it's just we find out she just passed away like during a nap. That's what I hope. Isn't I mean, from your lips to God's ears. Isn't that what we all hope? I mean, honestly. Well, Betty White, we love you. We didn't we know do you. Love you. I don't know that we even actually ever spoke about you on this podcast, but this was probably the number one Betty White podcast. I'll bet we played the Golden <laughs> Girls theme song more than most shows oh, not sure. affiliated with like sure. Golden Girls uh lore. Absolutely. Did you see the thing I sent you last night on Instagram? No. Okay, it's I think he's a football player. I don't know who he is. I just came across him in scrolling and he uh, it, it was a really cute, like he was sitting in front of his TV, Golden Girls were on, and he sang back up to the Golden Girls song. That's hilarious. Some football player. It was hysterical. It was darling. I sent it to you because I know you love the theme song. And I do Golden indeed. Girls. And I love the Golden Girls. Yeah. Let's start the podcast. Let's do it. Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son. Discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Sitting right there is the Dorothy Bornack of this podcast. It's my mom, Deb. I'm Deb. And that very much makes me Blanche Devereaux. I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast. On today's show, Deb will start this new year off by talking to us about not letting work stress keep you up at night in her business segment, and we'll sit and debate the merits of two ridiculous choices in the segment we call Would You Rather, and like a member of the Jonestown cult, we'll rapturous this whole thing up by telling you what's for dinner and what we're thankful for. But first... I was planning on opening the show with this topic, but now we have a little more time to discuss this topic. Deb, do you know what the James Webb Telescope is? James Webb. James Webb, two Bs. 
I don't know. The James Webb Telescope is the successor to the Hubble Space Telescope, but it is more precise and efficient because of the size of its mirror, the range of light it can detect, and its location. Okay. Are you intrigued yet? So intrigued. I think this is the thing that's going to get you going. From IREX coordinator Natalie Ule, Mm. her quote is, What we're looking for is our holy grail, biosignatures. That is signs of extraterrestrial life Mm. that hopefully the James Webb Telescope will be able to find. So one thing about extraterrestrials, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you were- They love Reese's Pieces. Well, for sure. Um, But if you were to sit every child down before they could have been influenced- by any weird drawings or even E.T., the movie, any of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Before they're influenced, it would be wonderful to get children all over the world to draw what they think extraterrestrials look like. Because I don't think they look like what we make them look like in the movies. Well, they could be a thousand different things, right? Well, they could be a million different things, but I don't know why we always put these big heads with strange eyes and long, long, weird arms with not the right number of fingers. Not that five is right, but, you know, like weird. I mean, I don't know why we we have like grabbed onto that and we won't let go of it. Because that's what landed at Roswell. Oh, is that it? That's what landed at Roswell, and that's what's being secretly stored in Area 51. But here are the mission goals for the James Webb Telescope. Search for the first galaxies or luminous objects formed after the Big Bang. So it's going to look back. It's going to be able to look backwards at the origin of time. Okay, I love that. Yeah, It's going to determine how galaxies evolved from their formation until now. And we're just going to like look through this and figure it out? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. We're going to observe the formation of stars from the first stages to the formation of planetary systems. So we're going to see how all these different galaxies formed. Yeah. And we're going to measure the physical and chemical properties of planetary systems, including our own solar system, and investigate the potential for life in those systems. Now, Deb, you might be saying, Kevin... That's just a big hypothesis. That's just a big guess. Well, how could we possibly even know what we're looking for as it relates to life in other planets or galaxies, right? Well, it is. I mean, okay, I understand that it is an incredibly sophisticated telescope. It is. So I get that. Here's a really cool. So the Hubble telescope, which was launched in 1990, so 30 years ago, right? Yeah. What they what they did is they focused in on a spot in space, which is equivalent to us looking down a flat Midwestern road and trying to see a dime. Okay. okay. That's what it was trying to do. And they could see a dime? Well, they could. They, that's what they were pointing at. Okay. And what came back were these really small images where if you weren't able to zoom in, they would just look like stars. That's all they would look like to you. But when you were able to zoom in a little further, you realized that all of these hundred different things that we would think are just stars mm-hmm. were actually standalone galaxies. Mm. Now that is is from a telescope that was launched 30 years, and that image is from 10 years ago. So now imagine what the James Webb Telescope is going to be able to do with modern-day technology, and it's going to be able to give us our first view of these images within six months. So here's what I'm thinking. Now, remember, I am not an expert on telescopes. I don't know, Deb. Okay. You're a pretty good big telescope gal. Okay. So 
I've got to believe that the telescope is like there is a computer attachment. I would imagine the there's a okay? computer attachment. Something like that. Yep, okay. That checks out. And because this human brain and the human eye just can't do this all, right? And I suspect... No, it's, it's not somebody with binoculars. It's not somebody with binoculars. So the data gets fed mm-hmm. into the computer, which then makes me wonder, Kev, does anybody ever actually look through the telescope or do they just look at the computer? Do you mean, is somebody physically looking through a computer screen that is connected to this telescope that is looking through the, the lens? Time. I don't think that's how that works. I think what this what this telescope does is this telescope looks, I mean, light years back and light years forward. I mean, trillions of miles and takes photographs, snapshots of what it's looking at. Like, I don't think it's the way mm. we would go to the Griff- Griffith Observatory in LA and go look down at, you know, Wilshire Boulevard, mm. and then we can move it around. They move it in order for it to take snapshots. Like, I don't okay. think it's a live video feed. But Deb, I can still sense that you're a little skeptical on whether or not this thing is going to return anything of note back to us. No, 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 no. I'm not skeptical about that. I just can't get over like, I mean, if it's a telescope, I mean, at some point, some human being there wants to look through it for sure. Okay. Yeah. I think you need to adjust what your literal belief of a telescope is because there's Mm -hmm. not some guy in a spacesuit putting double goggles up to his eyes, be like, hey, I see those aliens over I in know. the stratosphere it's galaxy. All, it's all just a feed that's being fed into a computer True. that people are, you know, downloading somewhere else. Are okay. you are you I getting that are you conspiracy theorying us? Are you trying to say that mm-hmm. somebody's potentially editing this? This is what I think. I think that okay, it's up in space, right? I mean that's it's on some docking it station is in somewhere. Space. Well I think it's part of a satellite that's roaming space. Okay. So at some point I'm telling you, some guy is going to get up there, or girl, some human being. I don't think anybody, I don't think Nobody you can board it. Like, I don't think anybody oh, boards can't. the Hubble telescope. Really? Like, you don't board it. There's no way. There's. It's not meant to hold human life. Okay. But here's the thing that got Clearly everybody with that. excited. Okay. NASA. NASA. Do we all know NASA? We know NASA. We are all familiar with NASA? 100%. NASA has been, has been conducting interviews and bringing 24 theologians into meetings to discuss the potential impact to human society if and when we find life in other elements of space. Well, here's the thing. I can say this all day long. Like, if there is life somewhere else, are they fearful that we will think that we'll disband God is that what they're worried about? I think about? that's exactly. I mean, I think what their worry is and what we've actually talked about on this podcast is if it turns out that humanity that we're not just is it. just this sing, is not just the singular entity in the entire expanded galaxy. Yeah. That what type of fallout would come if all of us as human beings stopped looking at each other as male and female and black and white or, you know, Middle Eastern or American and mm-hmm. we all start looking at each other as earthlings? How can you commoditize people who now are worried that there could be intergalactic threats? Okay, so that's a different thing. But what I am saying is, as it pertains to God, Mm -hmm. I think it's even a bigger case for God. I mean, that God only... Are aliens mentioned in the Bible? Well, maybe they are. They're just not... He didn't call them aliens, okay? But I'm just saying that we... Remember that the the guys, because it was guys... 
the guys that wrote the Bible. Yeah, are women even mentioned in the Bible? <laughs> oh, okay. Barely. Okay. okay. Um, but the guys that wrote the Bible were writing it from the, the earth perspective. Okay. So that doesn't make it wrong. That just makes it, it was from one perspective. I think the argument would be for a lot of people who have critical thinking is they would say. Oh, like the rest of us don't have critical well, thinking? Well, I think what people would say is how can how could a book have been written about the totality of this being's yeah. capabilities and forgotten to mention the endless expansion of space and time? And oh, by the way, because, there are infinite other beings that exist. Because you know what? Because on this earth experience, this human experience this is what God wanted us to concentrate on. This is what God wanted us to know until he was ready for us to evolve enough to accept some other things into our little pea brains. Masterclass, Deb. I am telling you. Masterclass. This leaves so much room for God. It's ridiculous. And if I could get an amen out there from somebody, oh, I Oh, someone's going to give it to you. Yeah. I probably won't, but somebody think, will give it I to think you. It, I think it perpetuates the belief in God even more. I just always find it funny when anything kind of flies in the face of traditional Christianity or religion in general. And again, I'm sitting here saying I have no earthly idea either way, what's real or what's not. But when something maybe flies in the face of religious beliefs, everybody's like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you why this is more evidence for God. Here's the thing, Kev. Here's what I want you to understand. Like if the conflict was originally between, I'm going to say... Um, I mean, like, what could it be? Okay, between Jewish people and an Islamic population, you know, be, between those two. I'm not saying that that was the original conflict, but let's just use that for an example. Well, and then it branches out to then the feeling is, and I, I want to say extreme Islamist, don't like Christians now, whatever. Christians don't like them. Then we don't like some other group. They don't like us. We, I mean, that that's all fine and good. Would we band together as earthlings? Gosh, I hope so. That might be a pivotal moment for us to really understand the whole thing in the Bible about love your neighbor as you love yourself. So that might be a good opportunity for us. But the truth of the matter is, it should all be extended to life anywhere. I mean, it should be extended to animals. It should be extended to E.T. It should be extended, I mean, anywhere. To Glipglorp and his family on... To Glipglorp and his family, exactly. Bushka 26 in the Haleo galaxy. And when Glipglorp and his family don't believe exactly the way we believe, that doesn't mean we should go annihilate him. I think history would say that we go and conquer Glipglorp and his family under the flag of Christianity we or religion. We Well, under religion. We don't have a good... We, we don't have a good you know, background on that. We don't, history is not on our side with this thing. So this is our, these are all opportunities to do it better, Kev. I'm going to go tell Glip Glop to listen to podcast 146 of the Deb and Kev show. I want to be friends with Glip Glop and his family. I I do too. I want to first make sure that the James Webb telescope is real and that Deb can fly up there and look through it whenever she wants. Thank you. And then if we find things that look like buildings, Or life on other planets. Or things like flying through the air like the Jetsons. Amazing. Yes. That our first thought isn't how do we... Kill it. Kill it or profit from it. And then secondly, just let let it be for a little while and hopefully not go all end of days, as I mentioned, you know, Jonestown, uh, everybody thinking that they need to go to one extreme or the next. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just wait 
and see what happens. Can we agree though? Could we agree that if it's some ethereal being, maybe it doesn't even have like a full physical presence. Oh, I love that. Like like a gaseous entity. Like a gaseous entity. Um, But can we agree that if it has that and that the gas flies in little jets around what would be the neighborhood and that we don't want to destroy that, that we want to figure it out? I mean- that's the stance of the Devin podcast, Devin podcast, the Devin Kev podcast. Yeah. Well, the Deb podcast definitely stands for not yeah. killing gaseous beings, but the yeah. Deb and Kev podcast stands for just letting everything be. Let it be. And let, let them, let's be, let's be wary. Let's be ready. Yep. Let's not be foolish. Glip glop could be a bad dude. But let's let them pull out their gaseous weapons first. Yeah. Let's let them try to incinerate us first. Um, yeah. Hello to Mars Attacks. You should go watch that movie. But before we just try to send nuclear warheads at it just to kill it and then mine it for whatever natural yeah, resources they have, let's just see if we can all just chill out and have a cool summit somewhere on Mars. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's the new year, Deb. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, it's still work. Oh, yeah. And oftentimes, work leaves people restless yeah. at night. And what you're here to talk to us about today is, hey, don't lose sleep over work. That's not good for anybody. It's not good for anybody. So this is I'm I picked this topic today because I thought if we're going to start out, let's start out with the positive. You know, just like people have new diet regimes, people are going to say they're going to work out. More people are going to join gyms than any others, you know, in January. So all of those new year's resolutions, let's also decide that work is going to have its right and perfect place with us. Now, if what you're thinking about brings you joy, keeps you invigorated, motivates you, and makes you happy, feel free to think about it as often and as much as you would like. Go to sleep counting sheep and thinking how wonderful work is. And be be happy that you are so happy in your work. Okay? Oh, yeah. But when it tips to we're kind of a little OCD in our thoughts about it, you know, it's, it's inter- interrupting our sleep. It feels a little stressful. We don't feel like we're ever really getting away from work. Then I want to give you some tips. None of these are mind-blowing. They're regular things, but they are things that I know work, and they will help you get a better night's sleep. Do you think Glip Glop would benefit from these? For sure. I think Glip Glop's gaseous self expands way too much when he's under stress. We should invest in a satellite for this show. We were watching that uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye and yes. and they put a satellite up there like in the 80s. Yeah, their own. I mean, no, their own. Tammy Bay. No, and Jim. their own. Yeah. Their own satellite. Okay, let's How do, do it. we not get a Deb and Kev podcast satellite where we can broadcast to all the extraterrestrials? So when they first are aware of human life, they're not only aware of human life, but they're aware of us. And they're like, these two seem pretty cool. They're not going to try to kill us. Maybe they're yeah. indicative of the whole. Let's use Deb and Kev as an example. Yeah. Okay. Let's just file that away for okay. uh, Deb and Kev podcast satellite but 2023. But don't forget that there was one scene in the movie where this was towards the end and towards the fall. But when Jim looked at Tammy Bay and said, Tammy Faye, and said, you know, you got to get it together because we need to make 400K today. It's true. You know, so they, that satellite might have cost some Maybe we should get into the whole religion thing. Yeah. Those people were printing money in the late 80s, early 90s to the likes of which we yeah. would still fawn over today. We're going to switch the entirety of this podcast. We're going to go hardcore Christianity. No, we're not. We're going to go hardcore television. It's going to be a 24-hour, seven-day, 365. Of us just asking people for money? That seemed to have worked before. 
I, I can listen if you want to get me some false eyelashes and big yeah. mascara because d- things do bring me to tears pretty easily. Easily, and she yeah. cried all the time, and cried that's when the, the phone time. started ringing. And the phones rang the most. The blue phone. They were all blue. The blue yeah. phone. New business launching satellites. Simply begging for money. <laughs> I'd like to keep it away from God, though. Okay, well, we'll beg for money. So, in the hopes of having a better um, understanding yeah. and friendship with the future extra extraterrestrial overlords that are coming to Earth. And I think if we really talk about Glip Glop and then enlarge like his family, his community, mm-hmm. as if they're real, yeah. people will get excited about it. His wife, Glim Glam. Glim Glam. Oh, there's yeah. There's Glip Glop and Glim Glam. I love that. And then there's his son, Leroy. <laughs> Now we have gone to the Jetsons. Okay. okay. Sorry, continue with the thing that we're not supposed to yeah. you know, have a, a lot of laughs during because it's supposed to be productive. So I don't want anybody to lose in sleep. So here are things. I know these things work. Am I religious about doing them? No. Okay. But I will do them for a while, and guess what happens? It gets better. And then because it gets better, somehow when things get better, the human mind says, oh, you can quit doing that because everything's better. Totally. It, you should keep doing it. Don't do what I do. Do what I say here. So one of the first things is, listen, I am so productive if I live by a to-do list. And I really have this feeling if I have a checklist, and I don't care if it's in your phone, if it's in a journal. I mean, some people really do better with pen to paper. Some people love keeping, you keep everything in your phone. I do. Um, but I think the thing about the list is, it lets your mind rest because the list is remembering it for you. The list has it. I mean, it the list has it until you check it off. And so you don't need to get into that OCD space of trying to recycle in your mind what you might forget or what you have to do. Really, all you have to do is pay attention to the list. Or get yourself a big whiteboard like I have over my left shoulder. Or a big whiteboard. Or I'm even okay if people, because I do this a lot, my list kind of lives in the calendar as well. So every night before I go to bed, like this is before I crawl in bed, before I, because I read before bed, um, I look at the calendar and just so, I think I know it in my head. And every once in a while, I'm telling you, there's a surprise. I go, oh, forgot about that. Oh, I got to be ready for that. Is it usually a good surprise or a bad surprise? Mm. Ooh, meeting with so-and-so. No, that never feels like that, but it could be the time of day could be a surprise. Got it. So it would be like, you know, there are those days you you start work at eight no matter what, but there are those days where you have to shower before eight because you're going to be on a Zoom. Oh, yeah. And then there are those days when you can grab a shower later, right? Mm -hmm. So it might mean that I need to get up and shower faster than I wanted to be. But do the list. Find a way to make the list. And I want to say, honest to God, checking a list, checking something off the list is the most satisfying thing in the world. On the on the app, you can actually click it and it'll give you a little check mark right next to it. Oh, I and love I think that. if you have the the sound on, it might give you a little ding. Really? What app is that, Kev? It's just the notes app. Oh, okay. Um, well the notes app now, you can run it across a book and it take or, or like paperwork or something. It'll take a screenshot it'll of it. Ta- it'll download it right into your notes. Yeah, pretty That's cool. That's amazing. Huh? Yeah. Speaking of the weird things your phone does now, my phone last night just pushed me a recap of my year before through pictures, which it had edited with video and photos. Yeah. Yep. I think I was the last person who that happened to. I was floored. Oh, I got one of those last year. I was really? amazed. Oh, so it just so here's an interesting thing. I was back in Boston for some event with a bunch of my like little Harvard friends like years ago, yeah. right? 
And so there were a bunch of pictures and of course their date and timed, you know, and it sent me, it gave me the options of what music I wanted in the background and did a whole video, like a short one, a medium one or a long one I could pick. And then I could have like jazzy music, happy music. I mean, yeah, it was a whole thing. I feel like a boomer. Yeah. Look at what my phone did. You're cool. I'm going to download this PDF. Can I finish the business? Sorry, continue. Okay. So I'm just really happy in the new year. Sad for Betty White. Really happy about the new year. I know. I am too. So the other thing is keeping a journal. Now, here's the thing about a journal and me. I have I have journals all over this house that I have started and not finished. Oh. I mean, some like, maybe I did it for a week. Maybe I did it for two. Some maybe I did it. And I won't throw them away because I still feel like they're a little bit of a collection. Okay. But I am so jealous when people say to me, you know, I've, I've, well, I had a diary in eighth grade and I've journaled every year since. And I think... Oh my gosh. That's incredible. It's incredible. And their family is going to be so happy to have that, right? To be a voyeur into their personal life once they're dead and they just start thumbing through all their very private and intimate journals. But here's the other part. For you, it's great too. Because I can I can leaf back through some of these journals and read the things that were really occupying my mind. And some of it's the same stuff, which means I need to work on it. Like oh, it's okay. still there. So I love the idea about the journal. The other thing, and everybody knows this and shrinks have proven it. And there's lots of data. If you put the pen to paper, it reduces your anxiety and it lets you process your emotions. And guess what that lets you do? Sleep better. Best, best advice I was ever given when I was doing comedy was oftentimes in between that wide awake in a sleep phase, you're kind of thinking about everything and nothing, right? And that's when a lot of jokes hit. I kept a pen and paper next to my bed so that I could just write down, while still kind of with sleepy eyes, ideas to a joke. And then one of the more fun parts was waking up and trying to figure out what half a sleep Kev met Mm -hmm. when he was like, dog spaghetti around the corner in in Jupiter. And you're like, okay, well, let's see what all of that means. But Flip it got up. it, yeah. It got it out of my head. It got it into something physical where I knew I could see it the next day, and it allowed me to sleep better. So I actually believe that there is this space, and when I say space, I mean really space. And I believe it's when that drifting spot where you could easily be woken up or you know go to sleep mm-hmm. either one, like you're in that tippy space where it's highly creative, where like just creativity blossoms and blooms and lives. And I think when you kind of are in that floaty, weird space, if you have the presence of mind to grab one of those things in there and come into awareness, you know, which is being awake and write it down, I think gifts all day long. I think that's amazing. I love it. What else do you have? Okay. So um, here's the thing, and everybody's going to hate this, and this is ordinary too. You won't hate it, Kev, because you do it. Hmm. But here's the thing about physical exercise. Oh. And I'm not saying like, look, you don't have to run miles. You don't have to go to the gym, but really do some movement. Even I know for me, like if I just do some stretching before bed, I relax more once I get in the bed and then I sleep better. The other thing that it does, especially movement, is it decreases that rumination, that thing of where it cycles through and through and through over and over that well-worn path. It moves that. I mean, your movement of your body actually moves that out of your mind and that will decrease insomnia as well. I'll tell you another great thing about working out for me. When you're working out, your brain's not focused on the thing that's maybe keeping you up at night. So when it's not focused on that, your brain might also be able to provide you some solutions. Ah. Because your brain's clearer. 
there's endorphins running. Mm-hmm. You have a little adrenaline. Your brain is operating on a different wavelength than normal. So if you're stressed about something at work and you maybe go run or you, you know, um, do some cardio or you start lifting weights, your brain's not focused on that thing. It's focused on a weight, not falling on you. And then you might be able to have a subliminal thought that allows you to have an answer to that problem. I love that Kev. You know, here's one of the other things, and I just want to say this too. I think this is a big deal thing, and I think this can work kind of all day, but especially at bedtime. So we had a little scare with dad last night, and he was in some pain, and it scared both of us. And we got it all organized, and he's great today. Today, he's 100%. But there's obviously tension from that. And then running through the house, moving dad from room to room because the housekeepers were coming today. And I will say I had moments of feeling like overwhelmed, you know, and just like you do at work, you know, I mean, just all this stuff was piling on. And I was taking phone calls while all this was happening. And I really felt myself like where I would say like anxiousness rise, which that is not normally a feeling that I deal with very much. And I literally laid down on the bed with my feet on the sides and I stretched my arms out as far as I could and I closed my eyes and I just breathed. I mean, probably for five minutes, I just consciously took in oxygen slowly and let it out. I want to say I got up and I felt like a new person. I mean, the anxiety was gone. So, I mean, these are things you can do before bed too that really kind of will stop, like halt the thing. You know, I think meditation's great. I'm not a meditator. I would like to say that I do. I mean, I heard this guy this week talking about his life changing, going to a silent retreat. Silent retreat, don't even get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, like. Would you ever do a deprivation chamber? What's a deprivation chamber? Where you just float in the water for like an hour? I think I could do that, but I am a little claustrophobic. So I might have to have like something on my eyes so I don't know that I'm actually in the chamber. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but like if there were like really cool teacher monks at this silent retreat and I couldn't talk to them, and I know people that- Talk with your eyes. Oh, is that it? Okay. So meditation is a thing. I know it helps. But here's the last thing, and that I think is one of the most important. I think the narrative in our head about ourselves is often so harsh and so critical. And really, if you would stop and think those words and then say them out loud, you would be appalled at what you're saying to yourself. And so I want to say the biggest thing is really practicing self-compassion. Be nice to yourself, you know? I mean, give yourself an attaboy. Give yourself like a good job, like encourage yourself. Try to move fear and intimidation out of your life because that's the stuff we take to bed with us as well. So there you go. Tips for the new year. Take business and put it in its place and don't let work keep you up at night. Wonderful job, Deb. Love it. It's fantastic. Everybody should think that every single day of the year, not just the new year, in December, in November, and even in August. Put your mental health forefront and the professional life will follow. Do you want to play Would You Rather? I do want to play Would You Rather. Me too. I feel like it's been a long time since we played Would You Rather. Yeah. Yeah. A while. Okay, Deb, you know Would You Rather. I give you a Would You Rather. There's two options and I shame you into picking the one that I think you should have picked in the first time. Are you ready? Listen, it has turned into that. It used to be that I could just have my opinion. I'm actually not going to have any. I'm not going to even have an opinion on your opinion anymore. You're not? I'm just going to speak emphatically about my own opinion <laughs> and not even address yours. And you, Because Glip Glop has 
I'm saying is starting to infiltrate you. Yeah. And said, Glip Glop, there's no shame on Planet X. I, I probably I probably already inhaled Glip Glop. He's living in my cerebral cortex. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So I all of it. my answers are from an alien, not me. I'll just refer to you as GG from now on. GG Glip Glop Gang. Uh would you rather yes. be royalty 1,000 years ago okay, or be an average person today? Mm. And I mean average, like straight up average. Like you make 50K a year, you work nine to five, 40 hours a week, three bed, two bath, you drive a Toyota Tercel, like average, average, average. You know, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I want to say... Royalty, you know, many decades ago or many centuries ago. Yeah, a thousand years. Would would be pretty cool, right? Because, yep. because, but it was also very harsh. Meaning like if your brother didn't like you and you were queen. You had a fight. You had a fight. And I mean, you, as a woman, you stood a big chance of losing. True. Unless the army was on your side. Unless the army was on your side. I'm just saying like there was some brutality to that as well, as well as those people lived a a really luxurious life. But here's the thing. Even if I'm living what you call an average life, right? I don't know. I still get to be me. I still get to have friends. I mean, I don't have to be average within my average life. I get to be the best that I can be within those parameters. I feel like I've lived a fairly average life. Like I've done a lot of really cool things and a lot of wonderful experiences. I, I could understand what a like a quote unquote better life than what I'm living would look like, and I would know what a quote unquote worse life would be like in today's world. I've been watching The Great on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Best believe I'm going back a thousand years and becoming oh, yeah. royalty. You you were ordained by God. Well, no, I know, but you know, here's the thing: everybody used you talk about using God for their own edification. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, and here's Kev. Here's the deal. Like you are gonna if you if if someone doesn't like you yeah then I mean you are pro- th- then it's like who t- wouldn't have liked they me they take the Satan route with you that's okay I mean like then you're chained in gallows with slop thrown at you for years I've watched enough Survivor to understand you get them before they get you if I have siblings who maybe give me like a side eye or who aren't showing up to my coronation on time gallows <laughs> dungeons. Just- Everybody. 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 <laughs> Kevin, I'll be called Kevin the Kind, and everybody around in my court dies. I would Kevin love nothing more than to be royalty a thousand years ago. Here, it just says royalty. It doesn't say king or queen. So technically, we could be just part of a court, which oh, okay. means we live better, but we're still not in charge of everything. Right, which means we have our own like land and homes and castles I think and the only thing that would be a bother is what we talk about with the royal family and the crown is, do you eventually just get so horribly bored with yeah. having to follow all these rules and traditions that you don't even feel like you're living your life? To which I could argue, I would still rather be doing that and living in high society than being bored living in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Is that a place? Oshkosh, Wisconsin? Yes, but what's wrong with Oshkosh, Wisconsin? I'm just saying, I would rather be part of the great Russian empire. Kev. Yeah. For sure you're going to die. Probably, but even then I'll go down in the history books and they'll be like, why did they kill Kevin the Kind? His name was Kevin the Kind. They're like, bro, it was ironic. That dude was a psychopath. (laughs) Kev, people only live to be like 
35. I'm okay with that. At 37 years old, let me tell you, there's not much else happening. Kevin, there was no indoor plumbing. The only bad thing is a sign of being rich was being horribly overweight. Right. Because it meant you got to eat. Because you got to eat, yeah. You also, the fare was like not a lot of vegetables. It was meats. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of meats and a lot of wine and mead because nobody was like drinking water. Right, right. So- I'm okay with having lived 35 years knowing that I was living better than most people. Yeah. And wasn't shopping at Walmart on the reg. I'm just saying there were a lot of discomforts as in that time too. What are you picking? I'm no, I'm going to be a regular person today. Oh, boring. Yeah. No, uh, that's not, not a judgment. Boring. That's a great call, Debbie. Yeah. No, I'm going to be <laughs> My New Year's resolution, not shame Debbie for her no, choices. No, I'm going to be a regular person because here's what it, the highs are going to be really high yeah. for you. The lows are going to be devastating. They're going to be pretty bad. Yeah. They're going to be pretty bad, but hopefully I do enough to end up in a history book. But I do love Kevin the Kind. Kevin I the Kind. Love him. Yeah. But why do you always carry a massive morning star with him? He was just whipping yeah. that thing around in open court. Yeah, he, no, he yeah. was a, he was an absolute lunatic. He's got a big knife in his in his uh sheath in his leg there yep. and he's got a mallet that he just keeps tapping on. And it's you know? always bloody. <laughs> uh Deb, would you rather fart every time you meet someone new? Or burp every time you kiss someone. Oh, my God. Burping someone. Oh. Oh. Okay. And I think it's like any active kiss. Even if you're just kissing somebody <laughs> on the cheek, it's a little burp. <laughs> okay. The other so, thing is you're clearly meeting people mm-hmm. who are new to you more mm-hmm. often than not. Yeah. But a, a burp every single time you kiss. So, hmm. You know, if I only kiss people that know me really well, yeah. then they know. Okay. But what if I like just had onion rings? Yeah. Or you were the only one that ate garlic that night. That'd be very Or what if you end up at a conference and you're shaking hands with everybody and you're just blowing out your entire (laughs) area? That's what I'm thinking is worse. Because you went to the buffet the night before. Oh, I mean, oh, let me, so like every, like, is it a, Big fart. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, you know how the fart machines have a lot of different noises? Right. I think it'd be like a myriad of noises. It would never just be like the one thing. It's not like a little silent fart. No. No. Not just a silent fart, but it would definitely... It's not like just a little air passing through. It, I mean, here's the thing. It could be a silent fart, right? Okay. It could be a silent fart. Whether or not it's a silent fart, you have no earthly idea. But it could be just like let it's loose just a big gonna one. be a big toot for all you know. So you're you're kind of scared that what's gonna happen is gonna happen, and it might be silent and it might be deadly, or it could be loud and deadly. Mm, I I don't know the kiss. I mean, how do you get anybody to fall in love with you if you're a young person? Just burping in mouths. <laughs> just burping in wide open French oh kiss mouths. My God. That would be awful. If I was smart, I would have had a bunch of fart noises queued up in here, but I thought that might have been too much. Um, I'm going to go with Love Conquers All. Oh, okay. And I'm going to go with the burp. You're going to burp in people's mouths? <laughs> Kevin, see Every time. No, I'm just asking that if that's what so you're going to do. All I'm doing that is asking. So All I'm doing oh, is you're asking. You're going to burp in Every time mouths? you're in love with somebody, you're just going to burp in somebody's mouth. Well, but... <laughs> I'm hoping that because instead they you could love just be me. like, "Hey, Deb Zener, nice to meet you." <laughs> hey, we got this new product. It's great to meet you. I'm Kevin Zener over here. Sorry about that. Just in tight pants. <laughs> oh, hey, is this your colleague? Hey, Kevin Zener, nice to meet you. Oh my 
Oh, sorry about that one. Had you a were little so bad. Had some potato so skins. How frantically did you search for them? So fast, which is why I wasn't making oh eye contact God. with you the last five minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, no, no! I can't. I think think about going to a conference. Okay. Oh my gosh! And. Think about going to a trade show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everybody is a stranger. That's what I'm saying. No, I think. Oh, this is. Oh, this is awful. This is an awful choice. It's not a good one, but you got to make the choice. I'm Are burp. you burping? I'm gonna burp. I'm gonna burp. I'm, I don't know what else to do. I can't fart everywhere. I mean, can you imagine sitting next to somebody in the airplane and they introduce themselves to you? I mean, I can. It would be. Awful. It would not be the best thing be in the awful. world. But here's what I think. I think you're giving everybody. Oh, that's a, that's a lot of benefit of the doubt that you're going to be able to just love somebody. And as you're slowly making out, <laughs> I love you no. so much. You're the love of my life. Um, that's terrible. <laughs> or it's like, would you guys yeah. like to see this brand new product? No, stop, <laughs> stop, stop right now. Stop. <laughs> so good. Oh. Would you be my wife? You will. Oh. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, Kevin, oh. you're killing me. Oh. Oh. Mm, so, what are you bad. choosing? What are you choosing? Or which one? Or. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. You're killing me. Let's, Lord, dear God. Oh. Glip glop wherever you glip, are. Glip Shout out glip glop. Shout out glip glop. Okay. Which one? You got to pick one. The belt. You're just going. going, for the, going love for of yeah. my life. Love He's of, eventually life. going to just yes. yep. deal with it. Yep. I think, exactly I, I think right. I'm team. The entire way. Oh, really? Because if you don't know what's coming, <laughs> you can maybe pinch it. You can maybe get a little squeak. No, you can't pinch it. That's not an option. <laughs> Every time. Hey, you old so-and-so. Oh, whoops. Sorry about that. Someone step on a duck. <laughs> oh, is this your friend? Whoops. <laughs> it's not going to work for you, Kev. Uh, I'm definitely not. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't love myself. Yeah. Thus, I would never believe somebody else could love me yeah. if in that <laughs> heat of passion, you're so beautiful. All I want. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. I'm so That was shrimp. That was just coconut <laughs> shrimp from earlier. I'm so sorry. You can't do it. Oh, God. Oh, no. Clip Clop needs to leave your body right now. Okay. So you're going burp. I'm going burp. Yeah, you are. I'm going burp because you could actually, like if I think about it, like, Dad loves me. Dad knows that I yeah. belch when I kiss him. Yep. I'm just not kissing anybody else except Daddy. Night, sweetie. Bleh. Yep. That's it. That's <laughs> Love it right you, Kev. <laughs> Izzy, get over here. <laughs> Nola, you too. <laughs> they would love it. Yo, they'd be licking your mouth when it was all said They would done. be the happiest dogs in the world. Meanwhile, I could give them all kisses, but if somebody new moved in, <laughs> hey, neighbor. <laughs> How happy are you right now? How? I haven't put fart noises on this I have no idea. How have we gone two whole years without me loading Listen, up fart here's noises? Here's what I want to say. I've answered it three times. Okay. Can we move on? Sure can. Love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
so ridiculous. You are bad, bad, bad. Oh okay, uh, Deb, would you rather wear one monochromatic color for an outfit? Yeah. Every day? Yeah, I or do. Or have to wear an outfit <laughs> with seven colors? Yeah, monochromatic all day long. All black. All black, because I almost do wear all black all the time. But what if you didn't want to wear just black and you wanted to wear blue? Everything would have to be blue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but seven colors? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to go monochromatic. You know who I think would pick um, seven colors? Who? Prue. Prue from oh, GBBO. Prue for sure would pick seven colors, and she could pull it off. I think so, too. Yeah. See, I think, like, I can do the black on black, right? Yeah. And I can do kind of like blue on blue. But you could do like a khaki, khaki, gray, gray. You could do all that. But go outside of those colors. You're not do White, white is impossible No, white, for white men. is impossible. You're not doing red, red, green, green, everything. It gets like, you can be monochromatic for an outfit once in a blue moon, black on black, you can do forever. But if you're constantly monochromatic, people are going to think there's something wrong with you. Well, I mean, I just know that if I go up to my closet and look, it goes like this, black, and then there's this much color. Yeah. And in fact, I will wear something every once in a while that's got a big burst of color and people will actually go, oh, look at you in color, you know, like... It's a thing. So apparently it is. Yeah. That was probably a bad question for me to ask because I'm trying to think of like, I don't even, I think, so your shoes would have to be a different color. Mm-hmm. Your pants would have to be a different mm-hmm. color. Belt would have to be a different color. Yeah, You'd have to wear like a dress shirt, a shirt underneath. That's what we're only at. One, two, three, four. That's only five things. Do socks count? Six. Yeah. That's a lot. I don't know. No, I mean, you would uh, what you would be looking for constantly is like, like for a woman, like a top that is just tons of colors, and then you could wear your blue pants, pink pants, red pants, whatever you wanted. But you're really, I mean, you're looking for, yeah, I mean that thing or a scarf or you know whatever. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's constant. Monoc- I mean, at the very least, monochromatic would be. Easy. It's like it'd be no different than me going to high school and knowing what uniform I had to wear Which Monday you wore through Friday. Every single day. I mean, two colors, white and khaki, right? I, you'd have to do black. You'd have to do gray. Yeah. You could do khaki, but you really couldn't venture into any other colors. Like, what other colors would you go into? I mean, you I mean, could do women navy. could do white. You could do Ooh, navy. navy's a good one. Yeah, women could do white. Um, I don't know. You might be able to do like a hunter green. Yeah. Maybe I mean I think there's some different blues you could do navy for sure, but you might be able to do like a soft soft baby blue. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know that men could do that. No, women probably could. Yeah, yeah. but no, mono- I, I'm choosing color because I think, I, think I could get to seven. But I think monochromatic eliminates the other colors. I think monochromatic means, you know, the tones that are very very neutral so i don't think it lets you go into reds and i don't think it lets you go into pinks and yellows well they would have to be the exact same red mm-hmm. yeah i think i'd pick colors i would get so tired of but black you know, and black here's the thing of the color thing like that's going to change your personality after a while for people that wear like meaning i'll be like happy or something well it might be but i mean people or you'll just be like hey guys hey there's exactly. color kev yeah exactly he's seventh exactly. generation Kevin the kind. Exactly. It'll be that kind of thing where you'll be known for it and then you'll never be able to undo it. Yeah, I'll do colors. I choose colors. Deb, would you rather have a lifetime of free French fries from McDonald's Mm -hmm. or a lifetime of free double doubles from In-N-Out Burger? Double doubles. Double Double doubles. doubles. But without the bun. 
So the protein style. Protein style. Yep. Here's the thing. I love McDonald's fries. I, if you get a properly salted McDonald's fry. They're the best. It's, it's the pinnacle of fast food. So I read an article recently because McDonald's fries, if they're perfect, are so perfect. Yeah. And if they're not, they're fries, right? Um, we've talked before in the podcast where we think In-N-Out burger fries are lacking. Totally. Chalky is the word I use. But I just read, like, if you want to guarantee to get the perfect McDonald's fry, what you say is double fry it and extra salt. Oh, so I think I read the same article or a similar article where they where you say double fry it or no salt. So what happens is, because every fry that's in the batch already is salted, so they fry new French fries, yep. they double fry them so they're crispy, and then they hand them to you because you know they're, they're now hot. fried, yeah. and then you ask for salt packets. Oh, interesting. Okay. So a version of that, the yeah. double fry. because I think that the, the thought is you're getting them hot, as hot and yes. fresh as humanly yeah, possible, yeah. and then you are left to your own devices to salt it as much as you want. I like that. I can go with I that. would imagine yeah. that they spit in that, though. Oh, see, I think when you ask for something like that, and here's the thing, I this is, uh, listen, I'm glad that people are working, but I have to tell you, I've been through some drive, I went through a drive through today because dad wanted something. There's just some glip glops. <laughs> no, we're not right shaming glip glop. We love glip glop. There's there some, some there's some blamp blooms. We yeah. don't like the blamp blooms. Yeah. We love the glip glops. Okay, all right. I'm just telling you. So you're choosing fries or burger? Burger all day. See, I would choose the fries because I think I would also, like if you told me I could never have in and out burger again, I'd be like, that sucks, but I'm also not eating the bun. So I don't know that I'm giving up something that I'm just like mm, horribly distraught about. But if you told me I couldn't have McDonald's french fries again, I know. that'd look be how, awful. Look how many times we've gone through and we have never ordered fries. We ordered fries once through all of COVID. True. And we shared them. We yeah. ordered a large fry and we shared It was probably them. a depressing day for us too. It was probably super sad. Uh, Deb. Would you rather date someone with bad breath or bad manners? Oh, bad manners would be very hard. So this one is actually really, really difficult for me because I'm so horribly sensitive to smell. Yeah. But then I think of like people who I know have really good manners, but then they have just one thing that's bad. And I'm like this trashy person. So I can go from zero to a million on a chewing with your mouth open. It's like lose bad, bad. my mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's just like who raised you and talking with your mouth with food in it and all that. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a way to do it and then a way not to do it. Right. Like I can't, I can't bear that. I mean, it makes me crazy. And I mean, just the bad manners thing. The thing that I think about some manners is people just don't know them. Do you know what I mean? They weren't True. taught. But um, it's also that, I think especially, you know, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, other manners that aren't eating associated, right? Like, you know, like, isn't it nice every once in a while when someone opens a door for you? Isn't it nice? I mean, just those kind of niceties. I would just hate to see all those things go out the window. That would be awful. And if a person didn't seem capable of doing any of that, and if they chewed with their mouth open, or if they smacked gum, I'd have to, ugh, they'd be dead. So you're good with the... Jesse Beck, librarian, halitosis oh, breath. Oh, 
such bad breath, that breath where you felt like somebody was really, something was really wrong. Yeah. With them. Like they yeah. had a decaying tooth that they hadn't had treated in 10 years. <laughs> like you can't get within a few feet nope. of those people. There was this girl who very attractive girl, very attractive girl had that kind of breath. No. True story. That girl was married to a man. Yeah. Got divorced. Yeah. Re-entered the single society. Yeah. Is now dating a woman. Because she has bad breath? I don't know. I'm just letting you know that that's the story. What did that have anything to do with it? I'm just saying that the woman who had bad breath was at some point married, got divorced, was trying to date other men, and is now a lesbian. And there's no judgment on that. I'm just saying, is there a correlation? I have no idea. Do you think that women, we are more tolerant of bad breath? Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a girlfriend. No, that's not true. I'm just letting you know. Kevin, that's not not related. I never said it was. All I said was this woman was (laughs) married. Got divorced. And did she have dark hair? No. So is that, did she have blonde hair? Well, I don't want to give descriptions just in case. Well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, are we going to assume that because she had dark hair, blonde hair? I'm not saying with dark that hair, the correlation hair? is that she has bad breath. Mm, All wrong. I'm saying is she happened to have bad breath. She was dating men mm-hmm. and now she's not. And maybe, yeah, like, so women can't smell. I don't know. Uh, that's a very, 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 very difficult choice. Yep. I mean that's that could be right there with the belch and the fart. I mean, well, you were clearly all on Team Burp. I was on Team Burp because I, I mean, Team Burp you can kind of keep it private and at home, but the farting is just out there. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, I'm staying away from Paris where everybody kisses themselves on the cheek. Yeah. You know, like no, I'll just shake your hand. Um, oh gosh, which one would you do? What do you think, Kev? Like, I want you to picture picture a girl, darling, educated, fun. So you have such a good time with yeah. her. You bring her somewhere for dinner. Yeah. Elbows are on the table. Mm-hmm. She sometimes like to use a fork, sometimes not. Uses her fingers a lot. Chooses, I mean, she'll also actually take food off of your plate or somebody else's plate. Yeah. Chews with her mouth wide open while she's talking. Sometimes stuff comes out of her mouth and then whatever's at the table, she just glug glugs it. How shallow and vain am I <laughs> in this situation? You're just yourself. Yeah. The, I think. Do you ever get used to the smell? Is that something you can ever know. get used to? Because that's a problem. Maybe you do get used I to I think it. you can get used to bad manners. Okay. I don't think you can get used to the smell. Can oh, you get I used see. to the smell? So what do you say? Do you just say like- I, like, just- I apologize for my caveman girlfriend. Isn't she hot though? Isn't she a total smoke? But she has the worst manners. But get right up in her mouth. It smells like mints. It's perfect. Oh my God. Meanwhile, it's like, yeah. look at my beautiful girlfriend. Just don't get within 10 feet of her. <laughs> Just don't get anywhere near her. I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. You got to pick it. Um, oh, think about taking them out in public. Which one? I mean,. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you send a do you send a note to all your friends and say, "Hey, I'm bringing this new guy. He's like smart. He's successful. He's great. I'm just warning you: don't sit next to him at dinner. Don't sit next to him at dinner. We actually only ever eat at fairs. We only eat <laughs> stick food where it's loud and we can get lost in the well, chaos. With, with bad manners, it's also like, and he might slap your wife on the ass. I mean, like bad manners are bad manners. Good looking tits. <laughs> Yeah, so please don't be offended if the guy I'm dating slaps This goes against every fiber of my being. No, I know you have a huge thing about bad breath. But if 
the only thing wrong with her is her breath. Yeah. And she's nice and kind and everybody's like, that Stacy girl is yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. Suck she has bad breath, but she's more than made up for it in being one of the kindest, sweetest spirits. So be it. As opposed to, yeah, she's a hard 10, <laughs> but she is wearing marinara sauce all over the front of her blouse. And that's the woman that could potentially bear your children and raise them. Yeah. So now you're going to live with a pack of those people. <laughs> no, trust me. It's a, it's Kevin the Kind's type <laughs> iron fist when it comes to re- rearing those children. Um, I think you have to go with the bad breath. I know. What a horrible oh. choice that was. I think we did five. Was that five? It seemed like a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's just do one more okay. uh, just for the road. Uh, would you rather only have to drink cold coffee or hot coffee? Oh, that's a good question. Um... <laughs> I do love cold coffee. I'm I, I'm iced coffee. Like this isn't even a question for me. Iced yeah. coffee all the way. No, and I think I could wake up to iced coffee and be yeah. just fine. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, iced there's coffee. A, there's a time of the day when hot coffee, because it's hot, yeah. doesn't sound good to me at all. I will drink the hot coffee in the morning just because it's so easy with an espresso that we mm-hmm. have, right? And there and there are some iced coffee pods that you can buy where you pour it over ice and it's good to go. I would. Nine times out of 10, always choose the iced coffee unless it was just like minus 30 degrees in downtown Chicago with, yeah. you know, with a whipping wind that is literally hitting my organs, yeah. right? Other than that, I'm so totally okay with an iced coffee. Yeah, I'm okay with an iced coffee. Even in that situation with the uh, where you want something hot, have a cup of tea. I don't care. We both like yeah, tea. I'm with you. So I, I'd go with the iced coffee. That was maybe the the best would you rather we've ever done. Oh, my God. Kevin. That was great. Well, you cannot. I mean, the sound effects, you can't do that anymore. Seriously, I'm just going to die. It is nothing short of a miracle that my dumb brain hasn't thought, (laughs) I should put more farts on this higher machine. Oh, my God. It's unreal. Are they permanently loaded on your machine? Well, I can. Here's the best part. I can load up like 30 of them if I wanted to. Lovely. Yeah, we can layer these things. Awesome. Okay, Deborah, why don't you tell us what's for Yummy Yummy Din Din? So, because it is the beginning of the year, yep. and I want people to be able to comfortably transition into being healthy. Okay. I don't want it to be a, sh- you know, like nobody should start drinking green juice on day one no. and starve themselves. Not on, the, not on New Year's weekend. So I'm going to make a great vegetable chicken chowder. Oh, yum. So it's full of tons of vegetables. Because we got to clean out that fridge. Got to clean out the fridge. Got to get all that. But I'm not going to lie. It's going to have some cream and butter in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good so with the bad. It's a transition meal. The healthy factor of the vegetables and the chicken. Yes. Yes. Cancels out the cream and the butter. Absolutely. Thus, you're left really just consuming water at that point. And at that point, you're having all, I mean, you can feel good about yourself. I'm putting spinach in. I'm putting yeah. all sorts of things from the refrigerator. Totally. It's going to be terrific. A thousand, I mean, that's probably the healthiest thing we could even do at this point. Yeah. Because if you're overly healthy, you're killing your mental health. Oh, you'll feel bad. If yeah. you go straight to green juice, you're going to feel bad. Right down the middle is where you want to be. That's the healthiest yep. place to land. Yep. Okay, Deb, as we uh, think about the new year, Mm -hmm. and even though Betty White is dead, Mm -hmm. what are you thankful for this week? Do you want me to keep asking you slow, drawn-out questions so that you can think 
about your answer. Why don't you could just go first? My thankful is easy. We have a tried and true listener of this podcast who has been a number one listener of the Devin Kev podcast since its inception. And she's leaving us. Her name is Jessica. She lived in Northern Nevada for about five years. She is now moving to Tampa to pursue a career as a PA in dermatology. You actually hired her for her very first job. You, you speak nothing but great things about her. And we are sad to see her leave, but we are so fortunate that she started on this new road. So I'm thankful that we will have another wonderful listener in Florida. Well, she's not leaving the podcast. She's just leaving the state. She's just leaving the state. Okay. Well, but Florida is pretty far away. It's a long, long ways away. But fortunately, we already have a Devin Kev contingent in Florida, so they will welcome her with open arms. But my thankful is for somebody who's actually going off to do bigger and better things for themselves, which then as a podcast, we expect her to then turn around and push people towards our podcast and send us money when she's rich and famous. So, and for all the other listeners, Mm -hmm. they should know that prior to sending money, you should just push listeners to us. We're grateful for that. It starts with listeners. Yeah. Then it starts with money so we can buy our satellite. Yeah. So we can start our television program where we simply ask for money so we can befriend aliens. And we will make fart noises, belch, and double cry. I'll get nine machines locked and loaded with farts and burps, and we'll just we'll just go old school vaudeville style. I love it. I love it. So um I am thankful that, you know, we complained and complained and complained about our weather. And we have had this kind of, I want to say, cozy hunker down weather between Christmas and New Year's, yep. which I'm actually very grateful for. The snow never got bad down here. Never. Um, it never, nothing, nothing terrible happened. Nope. And then I want to say that I became particularly um, grateful and appreciative of our situation when the fires started in Colorado. Cause that was insane. That was insane because we could, and I, we know several people that live in that area, but I mean, it's been like balmy in Colorado. They're hoping for snow today, but we could have been balmy like that too. I mean, that could have very, very easily happened here. Instead, Lake Tahoe got 16 feet of snow on Christmas day. I saw a right? video of some guy who was like in a mountain cabin walking out. Like first off, they had to dig it out. So it was just this huge tunnel. 16 feet of snow, like fresh snow. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible visual. I mean, it's it's slumping off of the roof and almost hitting all the snow that's been piled up on the on the on the ground. There was a guy that I saw and the house was um like a cabin, but lo- lots of stairs leading up like built on a hillside and he said that just shoveling the front porch off took an hour. I mean, because it's 16 feet of snow and it was the same thing you're talking about, like that big overhang of the roof. And then he had kids and he finally was like, why should I even shovel the steps? And he literally put them on tubes and just sent them down. Yeah. And and, perfect. and you never even saw the steps. It just made a perfect little slide tunnel and then took him down to the road. It, it's unbelievable. Google it. You'll love it. But I am glad that we have had this, I just really want to say, kind of cozy winter moment. Cozy winter moment. Yeah. I'm Friends leaving it. us. Friends leaving us. I'm not glad about that, but I'm happy for well, her. we're thankful that they're getting to go do wonderful yeah. things in their lives. Of course. And I'm thankful that this was probably the best podcast we've done this year. Was it? Oh, this year. Got her. Got, Got her with the yeah. dad joke. Yeah, yeah. That's going to do it for this episode of the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And you can follow us on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev pod. And you can watch us lose our minds with hysterics 
at our YouTube channel at Deb and Kev Pod. Mom, I love you to death. <laughs> Kevin, I love you too. We'll see you guys on Thursday. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev Pod.